I'm Josh Swartz. And I'm William Millingworth. Host of the High Tech Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Dr. Jamie Sowers. He is an advisory team director with BlazerWorks. BlazerWorks helps schools and school systems find those much-needed special education teachers that you're missing so much to learn today thanks for listening and then by the way before you go it would be so cool if you shared this podcast with your friends your family your neighbors your colleagues that would be so cool could you do that for me just reach out to them and say hey you ought to listen to teaching learning leading k-12 the podcast you won't regret it thanks for doing that you are awesome enjoy the show hey do you like awesome rings Uh, Do you need a ring to replace one that you lost long ago? Or do you, like me, need a new wedding band because yours is no longer fixable? hmm? Well, I have this cool sponsor, Boone Titanium Rings. They can be found at boonrings.com. They are made from titanium and you can get the rings carved, engraved, inlaid, laser cut, uh, there's special collections like the Hunter series and Gamer Rings, the Black Zirconium. Yeah, cool stuff. They have models that have meteorite, wood, or other inlays. It's so cool. Go to BoonRings.com to find out all the cool stuff that they make. And at checkout, use my code, capital T, capital L, capital L, capital K, the number 12, and you will get 10% off their total, and uh, you'll help out this podcast. Once again, you use the code TLLK12, and you will get 10% off the total, and you will help this podcast. Thanks so much. I love my ring, and I know you will love yours. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests, and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto, teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dot Stimoletto. Dr. Jamie Sowers earned his doctorate in innovation and leadership in 2018 from Wilmington University in Delaware. Prior to joining the Blazer Works team, Jamie spent three years as a special education director for Santa Fe Public Schools in New Mexico. He is nearing the 20-year mark in education, spending time as a teacher, coordinator, and principal prior to becoming a director. He is an active member of the Council of Administrators of Special Education, the Council of Exceptional Children, and currently sits on two volunteer school boards. A little bit about BlazerWorks. BlazerWorks is a comprehensive provider of special education services with a special education advisory team consisting of special education teachers, school psychologists, speech-language pathologists, and occupational therapists. BlazerWorks works with districts and school-based professionals to fully integrate clinical expertise into learning environments, enrich therapists and teachers, enhance school staff and staffing programs, and elevate the educational experience. Jamie, I can't thank you enough for being here today. Just wanted to say thanks for joining me, and uh, it's great to have you on the show, and say hi to everybody. All right. Well, first and foremost, thank you, Steve, for having me. Excited to be here today and get to having a good discussion. Well, I'm glad you're here, and uh, uh, let's let's start with this. Um, you've worked with kids over the over time. Uh, tell me what you like about working with kids. That's a great question. I think first and foremost, just the ability to see and impact positive change on a daily basis. Um, you know, with with children, there's so many possibilities, and especially in working in the special education realm, 
they come with various challenges and you really get to see the impact that your efforts are having on a daily basis. And that intrinsic motivation is enough to keep you going. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, you know, it's one of the things that, uh, you know, as, as I change different positions and stuff like this, going from classroom teacher to administrator, um, from assistant principal to building, to building principal, you know, at least you're still interacting with the kids. And then in my role now where you're outside the, the buildings and all that stuff, that's one of the things I miss the most is, you know, the, the different challenges on the everyday basis, you know, it's just it, never a dull moment, I guess is my point. And it was lots of time, lots, quite interesting trying to help. Exactly. You never know what you're going to encounter on any day. You know, there's so many variables. You don't know how the kids slept the night before. You don't know what kind of mood they're in. You don't know if their girlfriend or boyfriend broke up with them. You just don't know what to expect. And that brings a, an air of excitement to it, I believe. Most definitely. And just a note, when I was a history teacher, I'll never forget the day when a student who, whenever she raised her hand, you just knew that it was going to be a great, good conversation we're about to have. And the other kids would learn a lot from it. And she raised her hand and I, I called on her and she said, Mr. Milano, did no one ever tell you that polka dots don't go with stripes? She was looking at my tie and my shirt. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And they don't come with filters a lot of times <laughs> as well. Exactly. That was probably my favorite thing about teaching is that you never knew, never knew. And um, just a note, my response back to her was, uh, now, you've had me in class long enough. Uh, do I ever have style? <laughs> Well, and if I could share some of the best advice I was ever given as a first-year teacher, uh, my first position was working in a high school alternative setting with kids that it was a step-down. So they were in uh, incarcerated in juvenile detention facilities. And my coworker said, now, when you go home tonight, look at yourself in the mirror very closely and know that everything on your body that somebody can make fun of, they will. If you're prepared for that and you can take it with a grain of salt, you'll be golden. And I joke, but in my near 20 years in education, that is some of the best advice that I've ever gotten, especially working with older kids because they'll just tell it to you like it is. That is awesome advice because that, oh my gosh, yes, that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's right on the money and you just got to be good with it and and it, it doesn't hurt if you can uh, have, uh, you know, you know, just be able to let it, let it go or have some little uh, silly thing that uh, just uh, lets them know that uh, all is good and we're moving on, so. Yeah, you can't take yourself too seriously working in education, that's for sure. No, you can't, because you never know, never know. I like that. That's i got to put that one on like a little board or something in my office. I like that. All right. <laughs> um, all right, so let's take a little look about uh, some of the stuff you've done. I mean, could you share a little bit about some big lessons that you might have learned when you were the special education director for uh, Santa Fe Public Schools in New Mexico? Sure. And, and as we were talking about the joy with working with children, that was the first step in my career where I really missed that day to day interaction with students. And, uh, you know, I'm a big student of servant leadership. And for me, it, the biggest thing that I learned is I had to set my intentions every day to know that I was serving the community and doing my part to make outcomes better for students with disabilities. 
Um, as your listeners know that work in the school systems, there's a lot of bureaucracy and, and a lot of systems and parts of the job that have to happen. But if you allow yourself to get removed from the passion and joy of serving others, uh, it's easy to really get burnt out. And so the biggest thing that I learned was take each day as one day at a time and set your intentions to do the, the best that you can in serving those vulnerable populations that you're hired to do. I love that. That's awesome. That is really good. All right. So let's, uh, let's shift and talk about Blazer Works. What's its why? I mean, why does it exist? Uh, well, it, its existence and its why is evolving, which is really exciting. And, and um, it, it initiated to serve as a managed service provider for school districts to aid not only in filling hard-to-staff positions, but also to streamline their accounts payable systems and all of that. And as we have evolved and with the creation of this new advisory team, we really saw a need to offer support to the very professionals that are out in the field providing these services to our students, as well as the school districts themselves. And so the why has elevated to a point where now we are just out there trying to meet school districts wherever they currently are and help in any way that we can to ultimately increase student outcomes. Very cool. Very cool. So, you know, let's talk about a school system. Or, now, do you work with schools independently or do you work with the school system as a whole or kind of both? It's kind of both. I mean, we, we work with anything from a comprehensive school district that's serving 80,000 students in an urban area to some rural school districts that literally have one building for pre-K all the way to 12th grade. Uh, sprinkled in between charter schools, both large charter networks, as well as independent, what I call mom and pop charters. Uh, so, you know, we really service all of them, anybody that is working with us and, and is open to our support. Very cool. So, so I got to ask, I mean, you know, what is it that they expect, uh, you know, when you're working with Blazer Works? I mean, how does this kind of work? Do you reach out to them? They reach out to you? Um, do you have like a, um, you know, like a, a catalog and say, hey, you know, we're talking to these five teachers today and tell me how it works. Well, I'm dating myself. Eventually, I would like to have something that looks equivalent to the, the Sears wish book for Christmas. Nice. But we're not quite we're not quite there yet. Now, as it stands right now, we partner with with hundreds of school districts around the country. And so in those instances, that relationship is already formed. And now with the formation of our team, we take that relationship, which largely originated around filling hard to fill spots to not only supporting those professionals that are working in the schools, but also the school district themselves and providing professional development to various departments, helping with initiatives. You know, we know that um, mental health and social emotional learning is extremely important around the country right now. So our team is actively putting together webinars, professional development opportunities for entire school districts. So the other way, um, you know, if a school district is not currently working with Blazer Works, 
I suggest anybody listening to check us out at blazerworks.com. And there's a, a site on the made page where you can fill out a form and somebody from our company will be in touch to explore options to work with us in the future. That's excellent. So tell me something, uh, you know, are you across the United States or are you just in certain areas? We are across the entire United States. Ooh, nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So very cool. Uh, yeah. All right. So you talked a little bit about how it works and all that sort of stuff. By the way, you read my mind because when I was trying to describe the catalog, I just didn't use that term. <laughs> and then you used it. And it's like, yes. All right. I, that's exactly what I was thinking about, you know. So, well, and I apologize to any listeners out there that uh, didn't get to experience the joy of receiving the Sears catalog in uh, in the mail. But there is a website that has all of them archived if you're not sure what Steve and I are talking about. Now, I did not know about the archive. That's cool. That's very cool. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so, every single page. Excellent. Because I could see exactly it working just like this because you just – like what I used to do is go through and I'd circle things. All right. <laughs> Since I got it, this is what, this is what I'm excited about. So it'd be the same thing in a school now you're going, okay, I need Probably, one of these. Yeah. I need one of those. <laughs> nice. Excellent. So, um, so let's talk about this. You're an advisory team director for blazer works. What do you do? That's a great question. Uh, so it might help to give a little bit of story for context about how this came to fruition. So when I was a special education director, we worked with a lot of agencies that help fill hard to fill vacancies. And I noticed a gap. There was a gap when we would bring on a new occupational therapist, as an example, that had exclusively worked in a nursing home setting. That jump from a clinical nursing home setting to a school setting can be quite intimidating. You know, the, the work of being an occupational therapist is the same. However, we know in schools we have unique acronyms, we have unique ways that we do things, we have the IEP system. And so when these therapists and other educational professionals were struggling, a lot of times if we didn't have somebody on our direct staff to reach out and offer support, if I called the various companies, they didn't have anybody that they could send our way to assist. So that was where the formation of this idea originated and i was blessed and fortunate enough to get the the privilege to start this team just in july of last year and we hit the ground running in september but what we do on a day-to-day -day basis is meet with those special education professionals again working in school districts across the country doing a needs assessment figuring out what they might need assistance with and then putting together a plan and helping them on a larger context, when a school district calls and says, hey, we really are struggling with early literacy. Do you have anybody that can help us with that? And if not, can you help us look for somebody to assist in that manner? So we take on those problems as well and collectively come together as a team. If nobody on the team is well-versed in those areas, then we look for collaborators to help us in that area. So we really are just setting out to give time back to educators and be an asset in any way that they might need. Thanks. That's, that, that, this is cool. So, so what it makes me think of is that, so does a school system um, like partner with you or is, is, 
is it like someone a team actually works with that system then once once the connection's made and uh and then you like go out and look or do you bring people to the table i mean like do people apply to be part of who you uh market to other school you know to the school system stuff like this i mean how does that work like that do you have uh um people go out and find them or is it that they come to you it's a combination. I mean, we set out and we intentionally to hire people to form this team. And now that word is getting out and we've all, you know, shared with our own professional and personal networks, we are gauging and getting a lot of interest from people to work with us. In terms of school districts needing help, right now it's been an organic system since we already have relationships established with those school districts. Uh, What we're doing in 2023 and beyond is really expanding the number of school districts that we work with. So stay tuned for how that all plays out. Um, Again, we are actively looking to expand our team so that we can expand not only our geographic reach around the country, but really the number of school districts and special educators that we're able to impact on a daily basis. So I'm a RISA director. What a RISA director is, and we go by different names across the country. I'm a regional educational service agency um, executive director. All right. And, uh, and like I said, in other states, they're called different things, but do basically the same thing, which is the school systems are required to belong um, to so many of them. Like in the state of Georgia, there's 16 of us. And uh, um, we work with the, the school systems that are assigned to us and trying to provide services. And, and one of the things when I was reading all about BlazerWorks and all this and and, uh, and especially as I'm talking to you, have you ever like worked with different organizations like a regional educational service agency to provide the services um, to those systems as they needed it so that you'd actually kind of be part of uh, um, the, the RISA would, it, would uh, say, hey, I've, I'm working with, you know, these are my systems and this system and this system need these two. Um, can you help us? Have you ever done something like that? Certainly. We actually have some partnerships with regional co-ops, whatever you want to call them. Because, again, we can't make it simple in this country and have the same names across state lines. Of course. So, you know, in New York State, it's BOCES. You you drive down to Pennsylvania and they're intermediate units. You've got RISAs. So it's it's something SELPA in California. Um, and, and, yes, exactly. And especially where we already have a relationship established where we have helped them to piece together staffing. A lot of times in those instances, they may have four member school districts that need a total of two speech and language pathologists. And so we work to find them contracted employees that can split their time between those schools to really maximize their efficiency and their service delivery to students. As I stated earlier, we're just getting started in this journey, and so we have not delivered any professional development or continuing education to an entire RISA or co-op yet, but that is on the horizon as we develop our catalog to get that in front of people like you, Steve, that are RISA directors, so you can say, well, I know that this school district is really looking for additional help in this area. Now, this one that's 30 miles to the east, they've got that area covered, but boy, they've got a large influx of English learners. Let me see if they've got anything in their catalog for that. So you're reading my mind. That's what's on the horizon as we continue to build this team 
and our full delivery and and menu, if you will, of services. That's awesome because that's that's something that's going through my mind because we may have to. Uh, one ringy dingy. I may be calling you up and <laughs> saying, let's continue this discussion just a little bit. You know where to find me now. <laughs> Most definitely. I, you know, one of the things that uh, um, I, I got to say, as you're, as you're growing, as you're working with the different systems and stuff like this, is there kind of a, uh, a rhyme or reason to like the types of openings that they have or the needs that they have? I mean, are you seeing a theme or is it uh, just... Uh, just with every system comes a, a new story or, or something. There similar. are definite themes. I would say, and these are not listed in, in any order of importance or priority, uh, special education teachers. We have a dire shortage across this country right now, urban, rural, you name it. Crosses all socioeconomic lines. Um, we cannot find special education teachers fast enough to address the need. Um, on more geographic terms, the more rural a district tends to be, the more likely they are to need all disciplines and professions, at which time we can talk about the pros and cons of looking into teletherapy or teleservices. You know, it's much easier to find a qualified professional that can meet with those students over Zoom or another platform. We know that that's not what's best for some communities. And, and part of what our team does is takes an unbiased approach to that. So again, we're gonna have honest, candid conversations with school districts about their unique needs. But again, to answer your question, special education teachers, anything with behavioral needs. Uh, I believe, and this is just my personal thought that we were seeing this start before the pandemic, and the, the pandemic was just really a catalyst to increase the number of students that are exhibiting behaviors that don't fit in with the societal norms of what we think of as schools. And so we are constantly asked if we have professional development around student behavior for general ed teachers, counselors, you name it. And so not only the training around that, but the increase in staff. So a lot of school systems are moving to bring in what's called registered behavioral technicians that can really work on specific behavior plans under the guidance of a board certified behavioral analyst to really target specific student behaviors and work through those behaviors and teach replacement behaviors to the students. So that's, a, that's something that we're also seeing in every nook and, and corner of this country. You know, it, it is something that uh, over the last couple of years, uh, um, the, the need for teachers of all different um, parts of uh, content areas and the, the, the way they serve kids and such uh, um, is grown rapidly. And, and with special education teachers, even, even more so, um, especially with the skills necessary to deal with some of the, the challenges that some of the children face. And I can I could see where those behavior specialists would be uh, in quite demand. Do, how does uh, how does it work as far as uh, you know the the cost for the school system or the, the to to work with you or the school to work with you? Is it uh, like you fill a position or we contract over a period of time and so we get paid during this period? Or 
Is it uh, something that uh, um, doesn't work like any of that? <laughs> no, you're pretty spot on. So we, as I stated, we've got relationships with, with school districts, which means that that relationship started by us filling at least one need that they have with a live human being. So starting that way, all of our advisory services, whether it's working one-on-one with an educational professional or working district-wide with professional development, come at no additional charge to the school district. So once you work with BlazerWorks, we are part of that package. And again, I, I need to think, um, edit that one out. <laughs> I need to thank the leadership of this company for giving us the opportunity to do this because it's so needed in our schools right now. And the last thing that chief financial officers and superintendents and special education directors need to be worrying about is where to come up with extra funding for this. So if a school district is already partnering with BlazerWorks, our services are part of that. And to partner with BlazerWorks, there is nothing out of pocket for a school district. That's excellent. That's uh, um, and you know, right now you just got the you know, I've I've discovered over the years of working with uh, superintendents, the, the quickest way to get their attention is to say, "What's that? Did you say that it, it, it's it's going to be help us with?" With the uh, cost of the, the overall thing. Oh, hey, hey, you got my attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amidst my 14 meetings today and three media appearances, I heard no extra cost. <laughs> exactly. That's what... Can I learn more about this? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, well, good stuff. That's awesome. So, I, I got to, I I'm just going to take us a little sideways for a second. And as you're working, I mean, you, your work was with, with uh, special education and then with the school system and uh, special education. And, and, uh, and now you're working with placing teachers and stuff like this. You know, you know, one of the things that's happened over time is the, you know, burnout has been something that's kind of been, you know, bandied around out there that, uh, and it's not unique to education, but what aspects of burnout are special ed teachers particularly susceptible to? What do you think? There's a combination, and I think it, it first and foremost, it, it's a combination of the amount of paperwork that needs to be done that just goes in line with being a special education teacher, as well as the situations you find yourself in day in, day out. You know, whether it's working with students that have aggressive behaviors whether it's working with students that are nonverbal and need the assistance of communication devices, these are the students that present with the most vulnerabilities and the most challenges. And it takes a very spirited and dedicated person to do that. And with more mandates being put on the backs of special educators, at the same time with districts losing their ability to have support positions in place, true mentorship programs, you're seeing this inverse relationship that is really adding to the stress and burnout of special educators. Gotcha. So, so just as a note, I, I gotta, you know, if you had a chance to talk with a, an audience of, uh, you know, teachers that are uh, getting ready to go into their first year, special education teachers, um, 
what advice would you give them to help them, you know, avoid burnout to, to, you know, see the sky, the, the sun come behind the, cl- from out from behind the clouds or something. I mean, what, what advice would you give them? If you had a chance to speak with an audience full of teachers getting ready to start their first year as special education teachers, what would you tell them? First off, I would love that opportunity. So if you've got any networking options where you could get me in front of those teachers, I would love it. Cool. Uh, and so I'll practice what I would tell them. I would tell them, you need to really prioritize a work and life balance because the time that you're going to be in your classroom in front of these students is going to be demanding of your attention, your patience, and your dedication to this profession. So schedule the walks with friends. Make sure that you have date night. Make sure that you have some kind of physical routine, whether it be exercising, a yoga course, anything like that. Um, Take one day at a time. You are going to make a positive impact on these students every single day, whether or not you know it. They are students, and they are students that most of the time have not felt success in a school setting. So they're not going to let you know what a great impact you're having on them. You need to realize intrinsically that you're doing great, important work every day. And you never know when five years down the road, you're going to bump into one of these kids in the local grocery store, a restaurant, or now with the advent of social media, you're going to get a message out of nowhere that says, hey, I remember you. You were my favorite teacher. You kept me in school. Those messages will come. You never know when, and that's part of the excitement because sometimes life has a a funny way of working and you'll find those messages when you most need them as a professional yourself. So stay at it. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And lean on your personal and professional network because you can't go at this alone. Love it. Thank you so much, Jamie. You know, uh, we're getting ready to close. and But before we do that, um, if someone to learn more, um, where would you send them? I would send them to the Blazer Works website. It's as simple as blazerworks.com. On the front page, there is a tab for the clinical advisors where you'll be able to read our bios and see what we're up to. And uh, again, there's a place on that front page where you can um, put your name in and email address and one of us will contact you if you would like more information either about the services that we provide or if you're interested in any opportunities to work with us or collaborate with us in any professional manner. We're looking for people that can curate and deliver professional development, can be on call to help out with individuals that might have unique needs that maybe we don't have anybody on our team that can address. So you name it, we're open to any conversation with anybody that's working in the education sector. Excellent. And I will put uh, the website there in the show notes. So it's easy for them to pop into your website that way too. So good stuff. Well, well, Jamie, before we go, I got two last questions I asked my guests. And the the first one is this, how do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? Every day I wake up with a gratitude practice. It's something I learned from a mentor probably 15 years ago. They come in different shapes and sizes. For me, it's mental. Um, I don't write anything down. I just think of three things that I'm grateful for. And every day, number one is the same. I have the impact and ability today to make someone's life better. 
And I found through repetition of just stating that to myself, to myself every day, that keeps my engine going. That's cool. I like that. That is awesome. Good advice. Uh, for people listening, that's a good stuff right there. Keep you going. I like that. Uh, last question, Jamie. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Oh, boy, I sure do. And, you know, Steve, I, I could probably list 10, but there is one that jumps to my mind. Uh, Mr. Carl Askew worked with me in 11th and 12th grade. And uh, we didn't get into this today, but my path into education was a unique one. I was not a strong student. I was the kid that did the least amount possible. I was the kid that found somebody else to help with homework, hint, help. Um, and so when all my friends were starting to apply to colleges, Mr. Askew pulled me aside and said, you've got what it takes to do anything you want to in life. You just need to put one foot in front of the other and stick to it. And I'm not going to let you slide. And nobody had ever said that to me before. And I don't know that I had ever felt that somebody truly believed in me outside of my own family to the degree that he did. And, you know, I'm about to turn 46. All those years later, I will never forget that and the impact that it made on me. And as I sifted through the college catalog and selected a different major every week, I did think frequently of Mr. Askew when I finally landed in education. Jamie, it was awesome talking with you today. Thanks so much for sharing Blazerworks with us. What a cool and well and much needed program and uh, that uh, Blazerworks um, offers here. This is, uh, I, I know many a system, and like I said, I'm not joking. <laughs> I'll be talking to you about, hey, can you help out the RISA world here? Because we work with those school systems, so good stuff. Uh, what an awesome focus you have. Wishing you the best in all you do. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.